Hello and welcome back to the Eurotrips football podcast. After a week hiatus, we are back as is domestic football as we look forward ahead to the weekend's action in Europe's top domestic leagues. I'm your host Andy and I'm this week joined by two of our regulars, Naeem and Ryan. How are you boys? Doing very well. Cold but yeah, it's getting, getting into winter now so it's, it's to be expected. Yeah, right now I'm all right. Good stuff, good stuff. I mean, I can't say I'm feeling the same cold as you at the moment. Obviously, here in Seattle, so it's um, yeah, it's been lovely weather the last few days. And um, but one thing we have been missing is our version of football. So um, that's actually something I actually want to go into. Actually, I met a lot of people who I met. I went to Boston 2019. There weren't many that followed sort of the English Premier League and stuff like that, or even other Demi. But uh, I met people this weekend, and I think Ted Lasso actually has played a huge part in people. Um, sort of getting into football and I think um, people I know now they're all saying most people I met do watch do watch football so they say oh my teams uh, one said Chelsea one said two said Liverpool one said a couple said Real Madrid one said Barcelona so that something I found interesting was that a lot of Americans do pick teams um, not necessarily in England they can have a team their team could be in Spain Germany France so it's um, interesting their sort of views on it but um, yeah I'm looking forward to being back all the action. Um, but So our first thing we're going to focus on this week is La Liga. So, Naeem, what games are we looking forward to this weekend? All right, so the first game I'll say to look out for this weekend is Cadiz against Villarreal. So before the international break, Cadiz, as I kept mentioning week after week, only team in the league not to have scored a goal or got recorded any points. They actually did beat uh, Real Valladolid last 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 game out one nil. Um, actually keeping a clean sheet was quite surprising there. They take on Villarreal, who in a previous game drew one one with Sevilla. So they're going to want to get back to winning ways. But can Cadiz can they um, build on that one nil win from last week? Although it's against a, a side that are probably destined to go down, but you never know. Because I, I didn't expect I didn't expect them to win uh, before the international break, and they did. They surprised me. So, yeah, look out for that one. That one's Saturday, one o'clock. Uh, that will be on Premier Sports, or if you're overseas, I'm sure there's some streams you can find. The second game I'd say to look out for will be Sevilla against Atletico Madrid. So Sevilla, like I mentioned, they drew one-one with Villarreal in their last match. Uh, Atletico Madrid. They also took on Real Madrid in a Madrid derby, and they they lost two one in that game. It was quite a feisty game. Obviously, Vinicius Junior didn't get his goal in the end, but he he was important in the second goal. And yeah, Real Madrid they still remain unbeaten, um, six wins out of six. They'll be looking to make it seven wins. But Atletico Madrid they're going to want to try and bounce back against Sevilla. They're not. They haven't been in the greatest of form this season. But uh, looking at my stats, the last time they did beat Sevilla um, away from home was back in 2018, which was a 5-2 win in the league. Since then, they've drawn twice and lost twice. Uh, obviously, the last meeting was 2-1 to Sevilla. So, yeah, that should be a good game to look out for as well. That one's at Saturday as well, about half five. So, yeah, that should be a good game to look out for as well. And then the last game I'd say to look out for Real Madrid against Osasuna. It's, it looks like it'll probably be another three points for Real Madrid. Hopefully Benzema should be back in the squad. But 
without him, they have been getting those wins. You know, they, it's it's no it's it's not easy easy ground to go to uh, the Wanda Metropolitana uh, away from home. But they managed to go two 0 up, and yeah, they pretty much didn't have that many. But Atletico Madrid, they just 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 couldn't 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 really do anything. So yeah, they've got Osasuna. That game that game is on the Sunday at eight o'clock. So it's the last game before obviously you got the midweek fixtures of the Champions League Europa League. Ends out of seven. Um I think they are the only team in Europe, I believe, that um haven't either drawn or lost yet. So I know I know there are a few other teams that are unbeaten, but they've obviously got a few draws in there. But yeah, I would say look out for those three games. Um, some teams are down at the bottom of the table, but mainly it's good, good to focus on the teams in the top seven to see uh, if they can build on or, or bounce back from their, either their draws or defeats from the previous game week. Yeah, it should be a good. Another good weekend, I think, is going to be, I think most leagues are going to be glad to have football back domestically. Um, I have to actually apologise to a few of our Spanish listeners, if you are listening. Um, I think we seem to be a bit of a curse of Spanish teams this year because only a few, a few weeks ago we were sort of praising Villarreal. They only conceded was it zero goals or one goal this season. And then since then, they've drawn 1-1. And then we, in our last podcast we did, we actually praised Osasuna for their good start. And they went on and lost 2-0 at home to Catafe. So... Um, I do apologise to any Getafe and Villarreal fans who are listening because it's um, we seem to be, particularly in the Spanish league this season, a bit of a curse when it comes to... Um, so, um, yeah, I think well, we, we are in good form. <laughs> <laughs> well, also soon, they're still fifth, Villarreal sixth as well. So, you know, they're still still up there. Um, see Barcelona, they're, they're two points behind Real Madrid. Uh, Betis, they're one point behind Barcelona and... Athletic club, they're they're doing well, but I don't want to jinx them, so I won't say too much on them. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Um, and yeah, we are going to now head to our second league, which is probably the most exciting league right now in Europe in terms of a title race. Um, you could argue maybe the bottom as well. Um, so yeah, so Ryan, take it away. Hmm. Yes. So, in regards to the table, which I'll go through first, we have. Joint leaders at the top in Napoli and Atalanta, who are both unbeaten, five wins and two draws for both of them. And interestingly enough, Udinese currently occupy third place. And they're actually, they've actually got a couple, a couple of points on uh, Lazio and Milan, who are in fourth and fifth, respectively. And then you start looking down to the likes of Roma, who had a very good start and have sort of capitulated in the last couple of weeks. Inter as well, the same. They've lost three games out of seven. And then Juve down in eighth. We know about their struggles at the moment uh, without, a get, uh, without a win sorry, in their last five games. So it's a crucial weekend for them. And I'm going to start with them, actually, because they play on Sunday night at home to Bologna. Now, Bologna are a, a strange team because they have some very good players, some very well-known players in that team. Or Marco Anatovic is the most well-known, uh, especially to Premier League you know, listeners and whatnot. But you don't really know what you're going to get from them. They definitely have quality in their team to pose problems. But for Juve, uh, we know about their injury problems at the moment. As far as I'm aware, they do not have any of these of their big players back. And they're also now going to be missing Angel Di Maria, who was red-carded against Monza. So he will now start his 
uh, free game suspension. That's going to be a massive loss to them already without sort of any attacking help up front. Dusan Vlahovic is so isolated. And I think it could be a very 50-50 tie. You know, although you have, you have the home team, their, their home games really haven't been nothing to shout about. I mentioned previously a few weeks ago that the atmosphere is uh, quite poor at the moment uh, at the Allianz Stadium and they're struggling to sell tickets as well. The last couple of games, it's looked sort of, you know, three quarters full, even half full, especially when they've been behind in games. And I, I looked today and it's the first time ever. I Obviously, we research tickets and whatnot quite often. And the first time I can remember seeing uh, a Juventus home ticket available for under £20, which is... Whoa. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a shock to be honest with you. I mean, I've seen them. At, I've seen them sometimes at about thirty to forty uh, euros, but that's for normally for Coppa Italia games against very weak opposition. But for a Serie A game, uh, it's, you know, quite surprising, and they can be bought as well on their official website for any listeners who fancy a trip out to Chilean. But yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good, and I don't. I, I genuinely think it's a fifty fifty game at the weekend. I don't. I think the only player that can really get Juve out of this at the moment is is Vlahovic up front, but it's whether the, you know he's going to get that service, and I don't think he will. And it's going to be a crucial game for for Max Allegri, with many thinking that he should have probably been sacked at the start of the international break. Uh, a lot of people are unhappy with him. I personally don't see that as the answer at the moment. There's not really a lot he can do with you know all of his uh, major players, really, bar one injured so I think they've just got a they've just got a ride the wave at the moment and you know hope they get some of their big big players back soon which they should do. I mean Chiesa is uh, is due back any time within the next sort of few weeks so he's gonna be uh, an incredible boost to the team but obviously they've got to, it's not just when he's injury free again they've got to get him back up to match fitness and match sharpness because it's been out for a very long time. So be interesting to see how that unfolds. In terms of probably the biggest game at the weekend, that will come on Saturday evening with Inter hosting Roma. Obviously quite a big game. Um, that's at the San Siro as well. I genuinely couldn't call this one either. Roma, very unpredictable. They looked very good at the start of the season. Then they got beat 4-0 um, to Udinese. We know, um, we know how good, obviously, the start Udinese have had. But even still, uh, I think Roma's Considering the attacking players they have up front, they are have struggled to score goals this season. I, I believe I, I saw the other day their XG so far this season was about 18 goals expected to have scored, and I think they've only scored about seven or eight. So it's quite poor considering they've got the likes of Tammy Abraham and Paolo Dybala and Andrea Bellotti up there. So in, uh, in typical Jose Mourinho style, they're not making the most of the attacking players that they have. So... I don't know how that one will will unfold. Again, I think that's another 50-50 game. Uh, in terms of the other teams at the top of the table, Napoli are at home to Torino. I expect three points for Napoli. Milan are away to Empoli. I expect a win for them as well. Lazio at home to Spezia. Again, I expect a win there. A couple of another close games. Lecce against Cremonese. Both teams have actually started okay. Um I think Lecce might nick that one. They they look slightly the better. Monza against Sampdoria. Uh, 
a game for you know two teams towards the bottom of the table. And then you've got Atalanta against Fiorentina, which, again, I mean, Atalanta have been brilliant so far this season and not something that I predicted, nor did many other people considering they lost a couple of players. They didn't really bring anybody in. But they, they, look, they look very, very good. And Fiorentina, they're in 10th at the minute. They're just, I don't know, they're a bit like, it's hard to, hard to really compare them to a, to a Premier League club. They're almost like a bit of a bit of a Southampton. You know, they, they bring a few, you know, gems through the system and they end up losing them to uh, to the big team, normally Juventus. So they're just they're always a mainstay in Serie A, but they haven't really done that for now for a for a number of years, except they've changed their their club crest from what was a a re- really nice emblem to an appalling one now. I don't know why clubs are doing this nowadays where they're going from these wonderful old old fashioned club crests to horrible modern ones which are just soulless and they look horrible. So yeah, I hope uh I hope that no other big teams follow suit. But that's really it in terms of the games sort of to come up the weekends. Um and uh, yeah, not really too much else to add to be honest. Yeah, fair play. Anyone who hasn't watched yet our TikTok, what Ryan has done involving the issues currently at Juventus, do check it out because it is a cracker. And also he did one, I believe it was yesterday, um, about the top five teams in form at the moment in Europe. So do check out all of our TikTok content as well. Uh, but going back to your point about the badges, I totally agree. I mean, you've seen so many teams in England especially do it. I mean, West Ham, that was an amazing logo they had. They changed that. City did it. I mean, teams did it years and years ago, but I don't think we saw it really for a while until the last five, six, seven years. And then the yeah, Man City, West Ham, I'm sure there's others I've forgotten about. But um, yeah, I think I just with teams getting new stadiums and teams getting new badges. It just seems to just remove the sort of the foundation of what we're so used to. Maybe it's just because of our generation. Maybe we're so used to as kids being there. So maybe the old generation are used to it a lot more. I don't know. But either way, I think there's a lot of change going on with teams. And I'm not sure I'm a big, a big fan of it. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Like- even sorry, even with like some of the European teams, like the, the badges are so basic now, like Roma, they changed theirs. Um I think Juventus did as huh? Juventus as well. That was a that was even worse than West Ham. Yeah, Juventus, just... Juventus was the was was a shocker because although I'm not the greatest fan of their club, their their old crest was was very, very nice. And yeah, then they changed it they changed it to just to a J, which it's just, it's just, it's, it's got, it's got no life to it, no, no soul to it, and uh, I hate it. And it's, it's almost similar with the, with the stadiums now. I can't remember the last stadium that was built that I looked at and thought, wow, that's a bit different. I mean, so many of them now, you know, almost look the same kind of, and they've got, they've almost got nothing to it. And I, I understand you've got to move with the times and you've got to become more, more modern with stadiums, but I believe a lot of them could still do it whilst retaining you know some kind of aesthetic to to what they had and yeah I don't I think the, the two examples I know you like the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and um, even even Atletico is Wanda Metropolitano like they're two two ones I I look at quite closely and I think there's nothing there's nothing really there if you if you didn't know that Spurs are playing at their ground or Atletico are playing at their ground you wouldn't know like 
what club was actually, you know, home to that home to that in, uh, stadium because there's just there's just nothing to it. At least when you go to, you know, Arsenal or, or Old Trafford or even Liverpool, um, you know straight away, you know, the teams it belongs to. But mm-hmm. I don't know. They've got a lot of work to do, I think, to uh, to rectify that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I know I've obviously me and him have both been to Tottenham Stadium a couple of times and it is good, but I do get what you mean. White Hart Lane was a fantastic stadium. I mean, that stadium, the fans were so close to the, to the sort of players. It was it was quite a unique part of that. And I think to get rid of that, I think, was, I mean, they have kept actually, they've put on the same bit of land and they've kept some of White Hart Lane in that stadium. But either way, I mean, I've not been to a Tottenham Stadium for Premier League match. I don't know what it's like for atmosphere, but I mean, it's no coincidence. I know I'm going back to my team again, but Liverpool, we kept the same stadium, increased the fan base, increased the um, attendance. And since that's happened, we've won every trophy possible. And I think that mm. what you've seen with, it took Arsenal years and years, until now really, where they really become back to being competitive again. For years, that stadium move really affected them. I think it may affect Spurs. I think actually Spurs right now, money-wise, are okay. But for a while, they didn't spend money. West Ham... We're saying for a while in their stadiums, nothing like Upton Park. Upton Park was one of the best mm. to get rid of, get rid of that. Yeah. For, even though it was an Olympic Stadium, it just, I mean, I've been there for a concert and it's, you could tell it's not good for watching football. Naeem, you've been there, you told me how bad it is. Um, if, you're, if you're sitting right at the back, yeah, the view's yeah. terrible. Yeah, even, I, I didn't rate it. No, I mean, even the Etihad, I mean, Main Road was seems like a really good stadium and, you know, there's no one, everyone's sort of now mentioning the whole lack of fan base, but. I guarantee you at Main Road that that wouldn't have been an issue before my time, but I think I guarantee you, I can't imagine that being the same problem. And yeah, mm-hmm. I I think yeah, Goodison Park when that goes out, because that's a great stadium. So I hate to admit it, but that's a good stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Old Trafford. That's sort of, that he's doing that because that's looking more and more dated, and I think they they should do that rather than getting a new stadium in my eyes. Without without a doubt, I mean, you look at what Real Madrid have done. You know, they've they've completely renovated the Bernabeu mm. and, and I believe it's nearly complete now and once complete you know there's a there's, there's a video um, obviously detailing everything that they've added to it and it's it's incredible what they've what they've done and how they've changed the outside of it and even in the in the inside and it's something which I think Manchester United definitely need to do there it's something that their fan base um Sort of uh, moans about quite often the fact that it's it's falling apart there and it looks yeah, very old, very <laughs> very dated, and it's actually something that Arsenal fans um, have been criticising quite mm-hmm. lately because um, the outside of our ground needed a it needed a paint job really for a little while, and they've uh, they've now started doing things like that. They've installed new TVs and whatnot inside the ground, and they are starting to to listen more and, and do more things. And this is what other clubs obviously need to need to follow and I think it'll be interesting to see what, what Chelsea end up doing as well with Stamford Bridge and if they try and uh, move into a new stadium. Yeah, yeah, and looking back at Manu as well, I mean, they actually did their stadium, I think it was the early 90s, if not the mid-90s, and they've gone on since then to win trophy after trophy. In Madrid, of course, they've won a Bundesliga, a La Liga and Champions League since mm-hmm. last season alone when the new stadium was there. So I think yeah. teams need to look at that a lot more because yeah, the three teams you've mentioned. That I mean, City's the one that that's only because they got the oil money. Uh, otherwise, they <laughs> wouldn't have had that sort of. You know, if, if it was just if they had the oil money before that, 
it wouldn't make much of a difference. But apart from that, every mm-hmm. stadium that's been redone and kept the same stadium, teams done well. And every stadium I can think of, apart from maybe West Ham in recent years, um, most teams have struggled after getting new stadiums. So I think it is going to be going to be an interesting one. Um, but we will move on to the final leagues. But before we do go on to the Premier League, Arthur Johnson isn't here today, so we will obviously have a quick roundup of Bundesliga. And obviously, we are still awaiting a lot of Ligan, um, no person, but fixtures to look out for Ligan. Not really many I can see from top of head. PSG Nice is one I can see right now, same as maybe Marseille Angers or Lens Leon, Monaco Nantes, but again, not the best weekend for uh, French fixtures. Germany, um, the main one for me is probably Bayern against Leverkusen, two underwhelming teams right now. Bayern the fifth, um, Leverkusen the 15th. And then Cologne Dortmund is one as well to look out for. We went to that exact game last year, but in Dortmund, do check out on our YouTube. Um, but yeah, they're, they're the games to look out for mainly in the Bundesliga. But the main one we want to focus on is the Premier League. Now, the first one, the first two really are obvious ones. Um, the first one is Arsenal Spurs. Um, I actually going to be missing this game because I will be on a train. But uh, that's something to look out for because both teams have started the season off really well. Uh, Spurs haven't looked great in recent weeks, but they got the results. And Arsenal have looked great and got results most weeks. Um, so I think that's a game to look out for, for all the history behind that game, but also just for the fact they're both doing quite well. Um, second game is on a Sunday, weirdly the earlier game on a Sunday, um, between Man City and Man United. Uh, this is on at, I believe it's um, 2pm UK time. Um, for obvious reasons, this is a great game because, um, you know, the City, obviously everyone knows City's brilliance there. You know, they're currently second in the league behind Arsenal um, and they've obviously got the best informed player at the moment. Probably the best two informed players, if you look at include De Bruyne as well, as Haaland. Um, so I think Emmanuel in fifth after a bad start, losing their first team, which in Games which included, of course, that 4 0 loss to Brentford. They've won every game, including beating Liverpool. So they're in good form. And I think it's probably their best chance in years to beat Matity. But I'm not sure they will. I think City will be too strong. I think it's maybe maybe a back to reality game for Man U. Um, so I think that's, again, another game for the history factor as well as just the fact that things are well. Um, so that's two games for you. Two of the top five teams in the league um, are facing off. The other one, of course, is Brighton, who play Liverpool. But the other one I want to focus on, I did think about Palace-Chelsea because Palace haven't won a game against Chelsea in the league since 20, uh, 2017. And, of course, it's Graham Potter's first Premier League match. Uh, but the one I want to focus on was Nottingham Forest against Leicester, which is a Monday night game. Uh, two of the two bottom teams in the league right now. Um, they are two teams that are struggling. I mean, no one thought, you know, if you told me at the start of the year that it'd be Leicester and Forest in the bottom two, I would have laughed. I mean, Leicester, Forest can get a win. If they get a win, they can go um, into 15th, into 16th place. And Leicester, unless it's a massive goal swing involving them and West Ham, they were still remain bottom, even with the um, win. West Ham are unlikely to lose by five, six goals. Uh, but it's a big game in terms of pressure. I mean, Steve Cooper, f- from what I'm aware, isn't under any pressure, but we all know the pressure that Brendan Rodgers is under. There was talk that he was getting sacked before, but that seems to have gone quiet. But, of course, I was there for his last game in his press conference and he seemed in good mood, but you could also tell he was sort of aware that his job is under massive pressure. So I think it's a big game for them, for both teams. You know, Forrest, all this money they spent, they haven't performed yet, and I think that could add more pressure to Steve Cooper if they lose in this game, because they may well stay in bottom. Um 
actually they may well actually go behind Leicester because only one goal behind them in goal difference. So I think if they lose this game, they will be bottom of the league, which again, you know, we all know the fickleness of football these days and owners. And I think that could be a massive, a massive problem for Forrest and Steve Cooper, who I think is a fantastic manager, but I do think they've maybe added too many players, something we've discussed before, how many teams have done it before and actually has done well for them. So I think they're, they're under a lot of pressure. And I think that is a huge game on Monday night. I think it's going to be a big game. I think both teams will be eager to get the win. Uh, but that is the conclusion of our podcast for this week. Um, but do check out our YouTube because we are adding regular vlogs as well as our TikTok, which we are doing daily TikTok videos. Uh, we've done one already. I went to a game on Sunday in Seattle and there will be one coming out either today or tomorrow or at latest uh, the Friday uh, involving my trip to Seattle, the non-sporty side of it. Some amazing stuff done the last few days. And we are going to be posting content quite regularly over the next few months both in the world of football and American football. So do keep an eye out on that and our TikTok and our podcast, which is also F1 and NFL. But that has been the podcast. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Naive. This has been Ryan. And we will see you guys next time.